What is up, Bruin Bible listeners? This is your host, Will Decker. We've got a very special sponsor to lead us off. We got Bet Online. Bet Online remains your number one source for all your baseball betting needs this season as it is officially opening day. Get analysis of every play, prop, and points at Bet Online. You'll find the latest odds, bracket contests, team matchups, and game trends at Bet Online as a whole. Uh, Bet Online is your baseball, basketball, uh, football headquarters this season. Head to our website today and use our mobile device to sign up and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Be sure to use your promo code, uh, believe, to receive your bonus pay. Bet line where the game starts. Now to the Bruin Bible. What is up and welcome to a recap of spring ball. It's only right we brought him back, folks. Your former UCLA quarterback, signal caller. I was able to meet up with him today at spring practice. Mr. Wayne Cook. Welcome back to the Bruin Bible. How has this Thursday been knowing that the Masters are on and we got spring practice in the morning at the same time? I, I was just downstairs, Will, after after seeing you out of practice today, uh, trying to get caught up on everything that happened with the Masters. But um, it, it was it was fun, man. Today was, it was great to have football back. It was great to see the guys. It was great to see you out there. It was great to talk to some coaches and some friends. So, I'm pumped, man. I, I think uh, from what I saw today, I was I was I was very uh, very pleased. Yeah, pleased is an understatement. I think there's so much good stuff going on with this UCLA program. We talked about on the last episode. This is likely the deepest team UCLA has had in over a decade in terms of different position and variance they can do in terms of trotting out the starting lineups. But let's start with the quarterback room. This is the hot topic that everyone's kind of going off of. Dante Moore looked great today. No doubt, no doubt about it. He was fantastic. We loved what Dante was able to bring to the table. But Ethan Garbers was the best quarterback on the field for day number two of spring practice. I mean, he, you know, by my count, he went 13 of 15 through the air on the 7 and 7 and 11 on 11 field. He was able to make plays all over the field. Moore had some highlight reel plays, one where he had a long ball to Sturdivant and had a little arm angle with a blitz that looked, you know, like, a mini Patrick Mahomes out there. Those are the two quarterbacks that stood out to me. Wayne, give me your take on the quarterback room because your experience in the, in the quarterback position is well noted. So what's, what's really fun and, and what every, anybody who would listen, I, I'm just blown away with how deep the quarterback room is. I, I thought, you know, you and I talked about it today. Um, I thought Ethan Garbers, um, and again, I, I want to preface this, and this is really important that we do this first. You know, Dante Moore is Dante Moore. He's a huge recruit, you know, five-star guy. We all are extremely excited about what he's going to be. So whenever I say anything that doesn't say he's the greatest player ever, because I know the LA Times, I know a lot of people are starting to make him out to be, we just have to be careful and tap the brakes a little bit because learning the college game is hard. You know, high school athletics is awesome, but most high school athletes don't go to college and play football. So you're playing against, you know, athletes that in a lot of cases aren't as good as you are. That changes when you get to college. Now, I think Dante Moore is one of those guys that it doesn't matter 
<laughs> I think he's he's a good enough athlete that when he gets to college, he's going to be better than most people there too. But this room is so deep. And, and really there's four guys that, in my opinion, are good enough to start in college football somewhere. Now, that problem with that is only one of them can start at UCLA. But the good news is, is they're scattered age-wise. You know, Dante Moore is a freshman. If Ethan Garbers, who looked awesome today, get back to your original point, for people that, that don't want to pay attention to this, being a four-star quarterback is really a good thing. So he was a legit guy coming out when he went to Washington, and they had kind of a loaded quarterback room. I mean, shoot, they, they had another quarterback there that's a running back for us now who was once a receiver, who, by the way, I still think looks sneaky good. And yes. Yankoff, I swear, every time I watch him run the ball, I'm like, they need to give this guy some carries. We never talk about him, but he's huge, and he's fast, and he's athletic. But he was a quarterback at one time, too, and a pretty highly decorated one. So um, Ethan Garbers has such a quick release. He's athletic. Um, not Dorian athletic, but he's athletic. He can run. He can move around. I think he ran for over 700 yards in high school. But you can see he's got a few touchdowns rushing at UCLA already. But his release is so quick, and you and I talked about it, Will. Football isn't just about being talented. It's about knowing where to go with the football. It's about knowing the offense, like, like without even thinking. And you and I watched it today. The ball is out so quick, and it's on people. And in this offense, and again, I've talked to a lot of coaches. I've talked to a lot of people. If you can just hit the right guy when you're supposed to, man, this offense has got even more potential than we've seen. I really believe that, especially in the passing game. The running game has been pretty elite. The passing game has been awesome, but I still think there's room for growth when we can, you know, when you get to that point where you have that quarterback that's just always getting the ball to the right guy. And so I know this is kind of like putting lofty praise on a guy like Ethan Garbers, or again, going back to a Dante Moore, because I thought those two stood out. Um, Whoever wins the job, I think that's the key. Hit the open guy, get him a ball they can run with after catch because we've got so many weapons. I know we're going to talk about it in a while, in a little bit. Yeah. There's so many weapons to get the ball to that um, whoever wins the job. But, again, Ethan looked awesome today. I, I think he's ready to be the starter. If Dante catches him and passes him, that's fine. But he's got and, – and, and then the future is now. But, but I still think he has a ways to go even though he looked awesome. Yeah, and, you know, Dante, he looked at times like an 18-year-old, which is totally acceptable when it's your second college practice of your entire career. You know, he missed a couple guys over the middle, and the good was amazing. Like, just to see that from a college kid, you know, the word that comes to mind with Dante Moore is advanced. This guy is above his years in terms of commanding the huddle. Doesn't look like he feels pressure whatsoever. This guy was made for the the big-time stage. I think Dante Moore is going to have an incredible career at UCLA, and we're very excited for him. But that doesn't mean Ethan Garbers isn't ready to take this job, too. I mean, he's been waiting in the wings for two years, Wayne, kind of biding his time, building up what he can do. You got a point? And, and, and Will, this is an important thing, too, because this is, this is the world that I, I've been around for a long time. Um, when you're supposed to be great coming in, people will give you a million opportunities to prove them right. 
I don't know. I don't know why it doesn't always seem fair. I know, like I wasn't the, you know, I wasn't Tommy Maddox when I came into UCLA. He he was much more decorated than I was. Played on a better high school team, you know, story program in Texas. Um, and and from day one, he was Tommy Gut, and he could throw intercept. He could do it. And I love Tommy. This isn't a knock, but he was given a lot more leash when when I was kind of given the given the job after he left. It was, you know. It wasn't the same. It was, you know, people wanted to look for, you know, was he athletic enough? Is he this? Is he that? And I would be like, you guys, I mean, I felt like I wanted to defend myself, but I was taught not to really do that. Just keep your head down and play. Um, but people sometimes are always clamoring for the for the backup. And, and then once you start proving yourself, then it gets it changes a little bit. So I keep trying to remind people how good Ethan Garbers is. For that reason, I, I don't want people to, re, to to be waiting for the for the shoe to drop so that oh we I hope he screws up so we can put Dante in and we can start winning games. It's like no no no, this guy's a highly decorated brother of an NFL quarterback who has a cannon for an arm, a quick release, good legs, a good mind, reads defenses, gets the ball out on time, and then we both watched Colin Sleep play today. Who, who has a huge – he's got a big arm. Like, you watch him, like, dude can rip it. Good athlete. He, he's he, – and, and this is what I would say about College Lee. I think we have to give him time because Ethan Garber, as you point out, 13 for 15. I didn't keep stats, but it looked about like that. And he just looked really crisp, and he, he looked really on time, which I'm going to mention over and over and over again when I talk about quarterbacks. Because being late as a quarterback is an epidemic, and it drives me crazy. I see NFL quarterbacks that struggle with throwing the ball late, and it's like that's why you're not good. Like you, you have to learn how to throw the ball on time. So, so like the idea is, is that Colin Schley is just starting with a brand new offense and a brand new team, just starting. And even Ethan Garbers is throwing to receivers that he's not thrown to. They haven't had a summer together. They just, they just kind of got here. And now he's throwing balls to guys like Sturdivant and Ford and, you know, new players. So he has an advantage, but Colin Schley is just getting started. So while he may seem a little erratic, part of that's because he probably doesn't exactly know what the routes are and he's a little bit off on his timing. And that, that impacts how people, people throw the ball. So I think he'll get steadily better as we progress through spring and he, he starts learning a little bit more. I completely agree. And you know, I think just as a UCLA fan, there's a lot of pressure to put Dante out there immediately. Guys, I've been saying this. Wayne, we've talked about this prior. Just put the guy out there that moves the offense the best. And right now, that's Ethan Garbers. I'm not saying Dante can't catch up to him, whether that's fall camp, whether it's spring camp. But as of today, right now, Ethan Gar. it was pitch and catch out there today, Wayne. You saw it. Just moving the football. Logan Loya, you know, coming on the seam routes. Matavau, a guy we're going to get to in a little bit, had a very impressive practice. Some of these receivers coming over the middle, Sturdivant, my goodness. We're going to talk about him, too, in a hot second. But Garbers, he just looked the guy that knows the playbook the best. The timing was impeccable, and he was just moving the football at will. And that's all you want. Um, Wayne, correct me if I'm wrong. This is what I have right now as the starting one through four quarterbacks. It's Garbers right now. Doesn't mean it can't change. Uh, Dante Moore, number two. Schley, number three. I know he's been erratic. He improved a little bit today. I think he's got some tools in the toolbox, and that starting experience is very big. And Justin Martin, incredibly talented quarterback, very raw. I am just excited to see him grow 
within the program because there's a lot of room for him to be successful. Do you agree with that top four win? So, again, yeah, we've only watched. I know you've been to both practices. I was just out there for the first time today. Um, I, I agree with that assessment. I love, I, love, I love that you're saying – I love that you're saying that we don't know what's going to happen because we have another 13 spring practices and we have another fall camp. And if, if, and you know, if you pay attention for anybody that's gone out to practice, the way Chip Kelly, and I, I absolutely love the way he coaches this team. And I love the staff that he put together because it's, it's all about reps. And he said it even in the, in the post game, uh, the post practice little speech, which by the way, I also love this. Coaches can be extremely long-winded. He's not. Oh, yeah. He just yeah. lets them know exactly what he thinks, and they they move on. And it, it's fantastic because, you know, if I were a coach, they might not ever get to go inside. I would just keep talking. <laughs> and he's so good at keeping it short and sweet. And he pretty much said, we're, we're, we're playing fast, we're getting reps, and we're going to make a ton of mistakes, and we're going to learn from those mistakes, so don't worry about it. There's so many new faces out there and so many people learning. Um so, so like when you say that over the, over the, over the time period of, of the rest of spring and fall, you know, Dante Moore, I have a feeling has one of those minds that, uh, you know, I always tell people there's more to athletic ability than just your body. Um, some of the greatest athletes, like I always bring up people like Larry Bird because people always say, well, he's not that athletic. And I will say, yeah, but his mind is athletic. Like he, he like anticipates things. I ran into when we were leaving today, after I got done talking to you, I ran into Eric Kendricks. Oh and yeah, Eric Hendricks, um, who is now back in town, which is awesome, um, had an athletic mind that I, I would always tell people that if you if you go back and watch Eric Hendricks at UCLA, he was he was always in the hole where the where the ball carrier was, and I could never figure out how he could do it because he wasn't the fastest guy, he wasn't the most athletic guy, but he was always a step ahead of every. He had so much natural ability to read the play, and I think quarterbacks can have that ability too. And I think when you watch a quarterback like Dante Moore, who's you know been doing this his whole life, you can see it out there. Like he threw a corner, it was wide open today. It was coming right towards you up in the parking lot too, and it was just it, he threw it as I'm gonna say again on time, and before the guy broke, like it was just back. And he did his little sidearm thing, and it hit him right in stride. And it was like I've seen those plays over the years that I've covered college football and I, I see quarterbacks wait and then they try to either rip it or, or they wait and people can recover on the defense and he just made it look so easy. And it's not easy. Nothing about playing quarterback is easy, but the good ones make things look easy. So he may catch Ethan, but it's not going to be easy because Ethan is a, is the real deal. I personally yes. will tell you this. He's a guy that can play in the NFL. Yeah, I agree. And, and, I'll go back. I'm a, I know that, Will, I do this to you all the time, but we should say this, too. Like, we already talked about Colin, but um, Justin Martin um, had a very good practice today. Yeah. He's such a big, imposing he's, – he's a kind of thing that we just mentioned in the NFL. Like, you look at him and you look at his arm strength and his athleticism and his work ethic and, and all the things that he has going for him. It may not work out for him right now at quarterback, but you never know with injuries and stuff. But, you know, he's a guy that you look at down the road going, how good can this guy get? So and I'm telling you, man, it's, it's – the quarterback room is, is filled with talent. Absolutely filled. And I feel confident if any one of these four guys get trotted out there this year that we're going to have a chance to win the ball game. Just 
that's how deep this room is. And it's just encouraging to see that as a UCLA fan, you know, when years passed, it was kind of tough finding the quarterback situation. So having this out four guys strong, I think is very, very encouraging. Let's move to the wide receivers, Wayne. Um, Maybe the deepest wide receiving group I've ever seen as a UCLA fan from top to bottom. And the main headliner from today was J. Michael Sturdivant. This was your first time seeing him. I saw him in practice on Tuesday. I think this guy looks like an Olympic athlete out there. Just how long, lean, uh, you know, and physical he looks. Six foot three, you know, runs very solid routes. Stride for stride. He had the prettiest catch of the day with the deep ball from Dante Moore that led to a touchdown. Give me your thoughts on Sturdivant in the receiving room because it looks lights out. There's like seven or eight guys that can really make an impact on offense. So I'm not going to say where it came from, but I heard the wind blew and, and, and someone said that this guy may be as good as we've had here in a long time. I mean, yeah. he's, he's, he looks the part. He moves well. And again, we've seen him at Cal. So I mean, we've seen him. The guy had a great year. I mean, he, I think we might have taken Cal's two best players. Yeah, one, I know. one on offense and one on defense. When you talk, we'll talk about Oladejo later, who, by the way, just looks like, oh my gosh, both these guys look look like you know if Cal could just found, uh, found a way to get more players around him, you know, they might be better off. But Sturdivant looks awesome. You know, we're losing Jake Bobo, who who was huge production last year. Um, you know, I, I I'm pretty lucky, Will. You know, I, I got to talk to a ton of people on the field today. Um, I, mean, I talked to Cam Brown and Titus, uh, you know, uh, yeah, Mokialas, Malala after practice, and uh, they were just smiling. And they were just like, they're like, man, they're like, I'm like, how about this receiver room? They're like, wow, we're deep. And I go, how about how about that quarterback? And no, they said it to me. They said, how about that quarterback room? And like, these guys can play. And so when you're a receiver and, and you start watching quarterbacks that are really spreading the ball around the field, like if you're a running back with these, because again, I'm going to go back to whoever wins this quarterback job is, is someone that's played quarterback their whole life. Yeah. None of these guys are guys that want to run first either. Like, you know, like if you, we've, we've made this comparison before, like I'll give you an example. Like Bryce Young is a guy that's an athlete, but he doesn't want to run. He wants to throw the ball. Like he'll move around to buy time. Patrick Mahomes too. When he scrambles, he doesn't scramble to run. He scrambles to buy more time and, and do something amazing down the field. I feel like that's what we have. So if you're a receiver, you know, like, first of all, they all have arms. You saw it today. Every one of them has an NFL arm. So there's not a throw on the field they cannot make. So when you think about that and you talk to Titus and you talk to Cam and you, and you talk about Sturdivant, you talk about Ford, who made some nice catches today. You talk about the tight ends that we're going to talk about in a second. Oh, okay. The running backs. You know, Keegan was playing slot today all day, but I, I already know this to be true. He still can play running back. He hasn't forgotten that, but it's kind of going to be a Kaz Allen, I think, type of situation where he can do both because he's one of the fastest guys on the field. All of those guys are going to have a chance to get the ball because when the offense is run correctly, there's no wasted routes. I learned this when I played, and I know Chip Kelly does it. Like, everybody has a chance to be in it if the quarterback goes through his progressions correctly and reads the defense correctly. Everybody's in play, and I think that's awesome. Oh, it was incredible to watch. I mean, Kyle Ford making big catches over the middle. TMA, he's huge, by the way. Massive. I mean, you're looking at just the biceps with his, like, you know, shoulders rolled up. This is a big human being coming there. And another guy that we didn't even touch upon, 
This was really these first two practices have really been the first time I've been able to watch Braden Pagan get some playing time. This guy looks like a ball player. He caught a touchdown today in practice. Give me your take on Pagan because this guy's got a future for UCLA. So Kevin Jordan showed me a, 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 a something on his phone, okay, like a stat. They did everybody's speed. Braden Pagan, number 15, which I love that number. It's the, the, the one right behind yeah. Number 15, he, not only does he look like an athlete, like he's built, like he's a big, strong guy who stood out to me last year every time I watched practice. I'm like, who is this kid? Who Who is this Pagan kid? Watched him today and he looked good. And then when I find out, he's one of the fastest guys out there. In, in a, in a, and he's got a body. You know, we just talked about Ford. He's got a body that, like, his thing looks like he could, like, he's a dude. He can run and he has size. I just think, like, guys like that, when you add to the depth of all the players we just mentioned, like, he, he's got to, I mean, I just, I, I'm not, I don't want to predict anything, but. I can't see him not being in the two deep in the rotation. He just, he's got really good hands. If he moves the way he does, when you have speed and size and good hands, it's like, it's hard to keep guys like that off the field. So I hope, cause I don't have any idea. This is one of the guys I've never gone up and say, Hey, Braden, I'm Wayne Cook. How are you? I haven't met him yet. I want to, I try when I can. I just haven't had the opportunity, but dude, if you've got the hunger, cause he needs to just start showing people he's, he's better. Like, like I always say, that's how you win your job. You're like, you know what? I'm, I'm better than these people. I know that guy may have a bigger name than me. I know that guy may have a bigger name than me, but you know what? I'm just as good as these guys. And and that's the kind of guy you want. You want the guy that goes into the huddle and says, like, I'm open on every play. I want the ball. So we'll, we'll see what happens, but he's got all kinds of skill. Man, and it's just like we have every receiver you could typically want. Like we've got the outside guys, the Sturdivants, the Kyle Fords, the Pagans. We have the slot guys, the Cam Browns, the Loyas. TMA is kind of a hybrid of those guys. We talked about Loya, who also looked good today, too. The guy's got great yeah. hands, and he's so quick. Remember the breakaway? We all went, ooh, ooh. He can, whoever the speed and conditioning coach, okay, and Coach coach uh, Bolton. Is it Bolton? Shout out Coach Bolton, yeah. That dude, I'm telling you, all the strength people, they're doing a good job. Speed, size, strength, they're doing a good job. They're doing a hell of a job, and this kind of – I want to pivot to the tight end room because I think when you think of UCLA, there's so many storylines on offense, whether it's the quarterback battle, the new receivers, who's going to be RB1. I think we've almost forgotten that the tight end room is very, very deep as well. You've got Hudson Habermill, Carson Ryan, who looked very good in the flashes we saw, and the new guy, Montevel. He made four catches today in the 7-on-7 and 11-on-11 circuit. I made the comparison in the parking lot when we were chatting after. Chip Kelly recruited and developed a guy in Dennis Pitta, who is a tight end, just a big-bodied wide receiver that can make plays. He's not your speedster like a Dulcich or a Caleb Wilson, like you mentioned. But, man, this guy, he just gets open and he can make plays and move the sticks. And I saw that today in spades in practice. Give me your thought in the tight end room, and are you as high on Montevau as I am? Yeah, I, I, I love the size. I, I hope, and we know him, and listen, I'm a Habermill fan too. I, I think he's he looked good today also. He's only going to get better, and if both these guys are willing to block, because they're huge. But you know, this is funny. I, I called, um, I got in my car, and I called Matt Stevens up, and I'm like, hey, Maddie. I go, dude, I was at practice today. Here's what I saw. And we talked for, you know, 45 minutes when I'm, you know, driving home. And he, he just, the the tight ends, they, they may not have, you know, Greg Dulcich was unique. I mean, he ran like a receiver. There's not too many tight ends can outrun defensive backs. If you remember his last year here, he was shaking people that that 
are supposed to be faster than him. Like those guys don't come around that often. Um, and he's already playing significant downs in, in, in the NFL and, and doing really, really well with Denver. I know he was hurt a little bit, but he, he'll, he's going to do, he's going to do really well for them. Um, but, but you mentioned it. We have guys with size and, and when you have size, I'm going to give a, an old, an old teammate of mine some, some credit right now, all the way back from Newbury Park High School. My tight end, uh, Danny Madsen, who was a great catcher, went to Fullerton, and, and he was a baseball player, but he was a really good tight end too. Slower than dirt, though. Danny, I'm sorry, but you were slower than dirt. But he knew he knew how to get open. He knew how to use his body. He knew how to get separation, and great tight ends do that. They, they, I always say tight ends kind of get the cheat, which is why it seems like they're always open because there's a lot of pushing off and using your body and boxing people out. And I think, you know, when we talk about the tight end room, I think these guys are big and strong. And I, it's like they're great targets. They're, they're third and five nightmares for the opponent. You know what I mean? They're like they, – it's just – to me, with all the speed and athleticism going on around them, if the tight ends can be – because let's face it, last year, I mean, I think Ezekiel did some really good things. I think Habermill did yeah. some good things. But it wasn't what we've been used to at tight end. Right? I mean, obviously, we watched Ezekiel play in an all-star game. and You know, hopefully he gets drafted and hopefully he does well. Um but but the, the production wasn't what we had had in the past from that position. I think it meant more to Jake Bobo. You know, he almost became the, the go-to. Um, but I'm, I'm with you on that. I think the tight ends in this offense, um, especially these guys, are going to play that dual role of being elite blockers, but also guys that you can use in the passing game. Yeah, and it's just a deep room. And I really love the, the ball players that we have trotting out the tight end room. Very similar the wide receiver and quarterback room, whoever we trot out, I feel very comfortable that they can make the plays to be a, you know, a very productive tight end within the back 12. Uh, I'm very skeptical on ranking what we saw from the running backs, just because it's really non-contact. It's hard to kind of get a, an evaluation of these guys when you can't really put the pads on and level somebody on the football field. But what was your, you know, first kind of view of this running back room? This is your first time seeing Carson Steele. It's been a long time since you've seen TJ Harden. What was the running back room like for you, Wayne? So the the two that I was focused on were were TJ and 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 Carson. You know, I know there's other people rotating in. Keegan, we already mentioned, who who most people would put down as that top three because of what, how much he's played. I think they're going to teach him the slot position and get him really good at that, and then he can still do both. He'll be able to move around, kind of be the Swiss Army knife of the offense. Which you know, again, I think we forget. I forget what play it was. Might have even been in the – was it the bowl game where he caught the, the swing pass and took it in for a touch? I don't – he was so fast that I just went, oh, like, like he's that kind of fast. Like get him in the open field and he can go. Um, but TJ was hurt so much last year, but whenever we saw him get in there, I think we all went, like, this guy's pretty good. And, and we should also acknowledge that, you know, Deshaun Foster is one of the best – Running back coaches, there is the best, um, the best, yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he's and one of the, one of the great people too. I mean, I, I poor guy probably wanted to go in and take a shower after practice and talk to me for twenty five minutes. Um, but he also, it, you know, the, we also talked about Carson, and he's like, he's good. He's 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 got hands. He moves well. He's athletic. I I had seen him. I don't, I didn't think he was quite as tall as I thought he was going to be. And then one of the other coaches talked about um, 
Atkins, the the, the was it Army transfer? Is it Army? Yeah, two hundred fifty pound running back from Army. And I'm like, first of all, he did match the size. Like I saw him, and I'm okay. This dude's big. And you don't think that in Chip Kelly's offense that if you're because remember you guys, some big guys run soft, and we don't know yet because we haven't seen him in pads yet. But if this guy has a little bit of the Zach Charbonnet, Joshua Kelly. You know, pretty much every quarterback, every – do you think Deshaun Foster is going to allow running backs not to run hard? Yeah, they won't see the field, I, I don't think. But if he can do that, he's going to have a role. Uh, uh, be, and TJ's big, and Carson's big, and then you throw in Atkins, and then you have your little Keegan doing his thing, and he runs between the tackles better than you think. And then, and then I'm telling you, Colson Yankoff can freaking play Yes. I'm telling you, if you ever gave him 20 carries in a game and said, Colson, you know, everybody else is, is done, you're going to play. He can catch the ball out of the backfield, and, he, and, and he's got really good speed. I don't know where he was on the speed thing, but he can run. And as the season progressed last year, he learned how to get low. Remember the first couple of games he was running in there high, and he got drilled in one of the games. And I'm like, he's not going to do that again. But he can – so you just said it. There's so much talent at every skill position, and I know we're going to go to the heavies in a second. That's maybe where I'm like, we've we've got to see what happens because I'm not sure how that's going to pan out yet. We've got some solid, you know, like Duke, for example, in the middle, but that's going to matter because all this skill needs those guys up front to really mesh. Yeah, Atkins can move, man. He got into the secondary very quickly on one of the running plays, and it was Kamari Ramsey, you know, the, yeah. the red deer freshman coming up trying to make a play. Ramsey, not a small guy. He's six foot one. I think he's up to 210, 215. But Atkins, I mean, it looked like a guy had been brought down from varsity to play JV football. Like it was that much of a difference in terms of size. Like it was crazy to watch. Atkins, I mean, good luck tackling this guy. Six foot three, 250. This guy's going to be a reckon, uh, forced to reckon with out of the football field. And you brought up Yankoff. I made the prediction in the last episode. Don't be shocked if this guy's RB3 somehow because he's big. He's six foot four. He's about 215, 220, toting the rock. And man, he's quick at that size. He has a little burst to him that's really, really exciting, Wayne. So so let's let's add this. And then this is this is exactly, I'm going to say this to compliment the football program. We have players like Colson Yankoff, who's who's hung around. We've had Ethan Garbers hang around. We talked about Justin Martin earlier, who's hanging around. We have players that that could, you know, we, we you know, with the transfer portal, people keep coming in. You recruit great players. You the talent that's been leaving UCLA, and this is not a knock on them, are guys that have come to the conclusion that they're not going to play. And if you really look at most schools, it's not like that. For whatever reason, UCLA is keeping its players. And a part of this, too, is because Chip's not afraid to rotate. Like, you know, you saw practice today. I, I didn't know who was running with the ones, who was running with the twos. I mean, they called out ones and twos, but sometimes it was Justin Martin running with the ones. Sometimes it was, it was, it was weird how it was rotating, but I love that because all these guys are playing with each other. And, and it's not just one group's running the ones. Like when I played, I mean, I always had my number one guys with me when I took the reps. It wasn't really like that, but part of that's because there's so many guys repping in and out. And there's not, like, to me, like we talked about, they're two and three deep in a lot of these positions. 
that you're going to be in the game and look over your shoulder and you're going to see Colson Yankoff at, at running back. You're going to see Pagan at receiver. You're going to see, you know, five, six, seven, eight different receivers that are out there and, and you're going to become, because they all practice together, they're becoming familiar with each other. I, I really like that because it allows you to stay fresh. It allows you to rotate guys. And it's not like that there was a time when, your number ones were so much better than your number twos that you like really didn't feel like you could take them off the field. It was a big drop. Yeah. I feel like there's, you know, there, there's still a couple guys that you don't want to take off. Like I used to get like, come on, can we put Zach back in the game? Because I just want him to run the ball like every time, but, but it was smart to use him the way we did. You know what I mean? So, um, so yeah, I, I think all those guys all the way down to Yankov have talent and the fact that they're still here, and they're still busting their butt, and they still love the team. is is a te- is a real testament to um, to the coaching staff and what they've built. Absolutely, man. And we kind of alluded to it. The next kind of position group, offensive line. It's hard to grade this one because, like I said, not real contact, not real snaps out there. I think it's got a work in progress. As there's going to be a lot of new faces on the offensive line, trying to make names for themselves. What is your kind of interpretation of the offensive line and what you've been able to gather? So, so center center matters a ton, and I think that this is where um, not only Duke Clemens, but um, Sam Yoon, who, who's a player that I've heard coaches talk about, like they really like him, and I'm like, so that's that's kind of a nice problem to have, and I'm wondering if as, as we progress, if there's not some guard play, you know, especially when with you know, because this they've done such a good job over the years. It's really funny that. Um, our old buddy Justin Fry sent me a message the other day. He was he was breaking down some film and saw my ugly mug standing on the sidelines. And he <laughs> he just sent me a, a DM and said, "Hey, Cook, what's going on, buddy?" And I was like, "I loved him as a coach. I love what what he handed off to Coach Drevno. I love what he's done with the offensive line. Um, we've had such a huge upgrade in offensive line play since Chip Kelly and his staff have come in. I mean, we went for a lot of years where the offensive line play was just not acceptable." And it really just – it's like when you don't play well up front, it infects the whole team. There's too many three and outs. You can't run the ball. You end up having to throw the ball too much because you're behind. It just affects everything. When your offensive line's really good, it has the exact opposite effect, right? You're on the you're on the field more. You feel like you can do whatever you want. When you can run the ball, it helps you throw the ball. It's just it, – it's so important. We lost, in my opinion, two of the best guards – yeah. I mean, wow. Gaines and Moffey were studs. Like, we saw what Gaines did at the Combine, and I want to go talk to whoever's in charge at the Combine and, and ask them why they didn't invite Moffey. Maybe they were afraid he was going to hurt everybody. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but I saw him at their all-star practices, the, 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 the all-star game that Moffey played in, and that dude held his own. Like, he, he probably needs to work on pass blocking a little bit, um, but as a run, <laughs> run blocker, He's, he's great, and Gaines is so athletic. It's like those guys are hard to replace. And so I know we've got the transfer from Purdue who looks solid. I'm forgetting his name right now. I apologize. Spencer um, Holstein. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Um, and we got the Giorgio and we got Duke. I already mentioned Sam. Um, it's going to be interesting, though, to see the battles. You know, is the Giorgio going to play left tackle? Are they going to keep him at right tackle and, and, and try to, you know – what, what are they going to do? And so that's going to be – why don't we have one more offensive lineman that's still coming in? Um, so you're down right? Yeah. And so, yeah. so, like, the idea here is that for all of us, 
that are as excited about this offense as I think we should be with the, with the, with probably as much skill. I mean, it's amazing how much skill we have. It, it's not going to be as good as it could be unless we figure out a way to get those guys to gel. And if they do, oh my gosh, right? Sky's the limit. I know some someone that's that works at ESPN and knows a lot about sports was laughing at me when I said I think the offense could be as good or better. And he's like, dude, you just lost a Heisman guy at quarterback. I go, yeah, but we've got other guys that are really, really good. Like there have been guys at good programs that have stepped in and replaced guys that have gone to the NFL and had very good years. My first my first year as a starter, we we went to the Rose Bowl. Like so, like. It can happen, and it's not like Garbers has just been like sitting there not paying attention the last three years, and has never been in a game. So it's like the offensive line is going to be the key. If, if those guys can come around and we can figure out a starting five and get some depth, um, that'll be the key to the whole thing. Yeah, and it just shows the premium that Chip has put on the offensive line play. Justin Fry, I mean, he left UCLA to go to a top five program in college football at Ohio State. I don't think that's a hot statement whatsoever because he's really good yeah and then you got tim drevno coming in worked for the 49ers was at usc was at michigan places that trotted offensive linemen to the nfl and wayne i want to just remark on the drevno job he did last year with the offensive line Mm -hmm. we were at the bowling green game last year very chaotic a lot of new faces Moffy's first game at guard raekwon o'neill transfers in just a lot of different moving pieces where he got them from the first game to the last game was as impressive as a job as anyone I've seen at UCLA kind of putting that together. And I think it's going to be very similar this year with kind of just a ragtag bunch, at least from the outside looking in right now. But I'm really, really pumped at what Drevno can do and mold this offensive line. So excited for that. You were close to the defense. So I was a little farther away on the parking lot. I was more so watching the offense. A couple guys stood out to me. Kamari Ramsey had a couple pass breakups, which I was very impressed by. Uh, Alex Johnson, you know, redshirt junior, uh, was talking to his father a little bit. He made two interceptions uh, on Tuesday's practice, broke up another pass. And really the guy that I, I honed in on a lot was Oladejo. This guy is a massive, massive human being. And Bruins fans should be just so excited, the potential of what this guy can bring, knowing that he's going to arguably – the best linebacking coach in the Pac-12, which is Ken Norton Jr., to mold that guy and try to get him to the next level. Those are the three guys that stood out to me, barely watching some of the defense do the offense. What was the defense looking like for you, Wayne, out there? So in my conversation on my ride home with, with, with Matt Stevens, I said, hey, who do you think who do you think stood out in the secondary? He's like, Alex Johnson. I'm like, yeah. And he's like, dude, that dude can play. Yeah. He, said, he said all year last year, like, Matt has the eye in the sky. A little bit harder for me to see, like, the defensive backs, like I watch, I, I can see the, the trenches better and how things are opening up and I can see windows and all that stuff. But from the top, you can, you can really get a good eye of what's going on. And he's like, this just, he's just got a nose for the ball. He's, he's always, the fact that you mentioned they had two picks in the first practice that I didn't see, I wasn't surprised. He had a couple of really nice plays today, but he's got like going back to the instincts that we talked about earlier. I was listening to, uh, uh, the radio and they were talking about Clark, the, the defensive back from, um, from Utah. Clark Phillips. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Clark Phillips and Clark Phillips was, you know, quite possibly the best corner in, in, in the PAC 12 last year, but they were talking about his size and they're like, Oh, he's, he's not going to jump off the page athletically. And I, I'm listening to this stuff. I'm like, do you guys ever watch film? I mean, like, 
they act like you're 40 time and you're like, I'm like, I said the same thing about Eric Kendricks. Like, well, he was a three-star guy who I'm like, all he does is make plays. And this guy's gone to the NFL and all he does is make plays. Like, and, and I'm like, that's the type, that's the, that's who I'm looking for. I don't care if their Jerry Rice was too slow, right? All he does is make plays. Like, I just watched something the other day about him and Dion battling each other over the years. And it's like, one would win one and one win the other. But for Jerry Rice was running with Dion. And, you know what I mean? And Dion was, some guys just, when the moment's there, they just, if you did the stopwatch, who would win? Dion every time. But in the game, doesn't always work out that way because some guys have that natural ability. So, yes. So, he stood out. Um, I still love um, – I love the look of our corners. Yeah. You know, it was Kirkwood and Humphrey. I love their size. I'm curious. I talked to Coach Lynn after practice. Such a nice guy, very engaging. I didn't ask him any specifics. I was just saying, hey, what's up, Coach? How are you? It's good to meet you. But, but I heard him talk about – the guys playing fast and feeling comfortable and there is going to be some changes. I'm not hundred percent sure what they are yet, but they're going to be changes. But like, sometimes I wonder if it's always the secondary or maybe it's the scheme and, and the situations you put them in, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like sometimes that affects the way people play. And so it'll be really interesting to see. I know we're bringing in, you know, Anderson from Bowling Green and, and, and we got some, some, some players that can really play. Um, and I love the, the the front seven that we have, that they can all stay healthy. I love the depth we have at linebacker. You mentioned Oladejo, who, holy cow, looks menacing in the middle. Just looks the part. And we remember he had like 17 tackles against us in the game that we played. It's the first guy off the bus you want. Like, oh, no, yeah. You're like, yep, yep, yep. He's my yeah. first pick. You're right. Yeah. So so he looked amazing, but you throw that in with Latu and, and the Murphys and, 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 you know, number four now, Carl Jones, who always looks like an amazing athlete to me. Matt Stevens and I are like, why can't we just put him at middle linebacker and let him run sideline to sidelines? Like, let's just figure out a way to get him on the field more. But, um, but yeah, I, I, I think um, it'll be interesting to see the adjustments we make. But, again, um, the guys that you mentioned, I agree. I thought they all stood out today. Yeah. And I mean, you brought up an excellent point. I've always felt if the only issue you have with a guy is size and maybe some fluke combine numbers, take the guy. I mean, I, I remember watching and I know he's digressed. Yeah. Russell Wilson, classic draft profile. You're watching him. Phenomenal talent coming out of college at Wisconsin. And you look at the Mel Kuyper's draft report. You can go and look at uh, this up right now has so many pros and the only con was size. And I'm like, okay, if that's your only issue, take the guy. Seattle ends up getting him and leads him to a Super Bowl within two years. Yeah. I mean, that's the type of guy that is. I feel the same way with Bryce Young. I think a lot of people are undervaluing him just because his size is the only negative. Yeah. You know what I like? Good players that play the quarterback position well. I don't care about anything else. If Bryce Young could play it better than that guy, I don't care what size he is. He could be five foot two for all that matters. If yeah. he's better than the other guy, bring him out. So that's a great point. I think Alex Johnson is going to be the sleeper and the guy that's not being talked about enough coming into camp. Uh, Wayne, just want to thank you so much for coming on again, man. This is always a blast. I was super thrilled to actually meet you in person today. You're an awesome dude. And man, we love having you on the Bruin Bible. So hope to have you on some more, my man. I appreciate it, Will. You know, and I, this visual thing, I'm, I'm sitting there, people are going to be thinking, dude, does this guy ever wear a sunblock? I mean, I'm, I wanted everybody to know I was on a cruise last week. And then, of course, I'm an idiot. I go out to practice today. I'm thinking it's going to be a little chilly in the morning. 
It's LA. It was sunny. I felt like I got fried today out there at practice. One of these days I'll figure out how to put on sunblock, Will. Yes, we'll get some sunblock for Wayne next time he comes out to practice. Uh, Wayne, thank you so much for coming on again. Stay tuned. We got Michael Azike coming on right after this, so don't go anywhere, guys. Oh, nice. What is up and welcome to a very special edition of the Bruin Bible. Your host, Will Decker, with a very special guest, Mr. Michael Azike, the tight end for UCLA Bruins. He's going to be leaving the Bruins, but going on to bigger and better things in the NFL. Mike, how are you doing today, man? Thank you so much for coming on the pod. What's up? Thanks for having me. Doing pretty good. How about yourself? Doing great, man. And I was looking into your background. I kind of want to start off with this. I was looking on your UCLA kind of homepage, and it said, loves to cook. I got to figure out what are you cooking, Mike? What is uh, kind of cooking up in the kitchen? Uh, what is some of your favorite meals that you've been able to make? Right now, just eggs and like, you know, just basic stuff. I haven't um, leveled up to like cooking gourmet meals or like nothing crazy yet, but still learning, you know, still learning, trying to uh, get better in my chef ways. Yeah, nothing like John Gaines making cakes out here. So love yeah, it, not- man. I'm- yeah, you go for it. Go for it. Not like John, yeah. <laughs> John is one of the better cooks on the team, it sounds like. Uh, but I want to take it back to the beginning, Mike. Uh, you were, uh, you know, a player that played very high-level football in high school, was recruited to a bunch of schools. What made you get into the game of football in the first place, and when did kind of the spark start for you that you want to play for UCLA? Well, just um, being – as like an athlete and like just having that competitive drive to just um, show like what I could do on the football field was, that was really just the main uh, reason why I started playing football. Um, I started playing soccer. I was in a like football fan growing up. Um, So yeah, I was just um, more of like just a soccer fan, but football was kind of the way that I express just the aggression and a physical side of uh, the game. And I feel like it helped me um, get to where I'm at today. And um, I'm definitely um, like grateful that I stuck with it. Yeah. Was there a specific age you started? Was it like freshman year of high school football? Was it pop Warner? Uh, and when did you start playing soccer? Because that's a fascinating background as well. Yeah. So I started playing soccer when I was younger, like, adolescent like wasn't um didn't play in any club sports or um didn't play in high school um I transitioned to football when I was in high school and stuck with it throughout like my college career um so yeah didn't play junior all-american or pop warner because my mom she didn't let me because she thought it was just too physical and she didn't want me like to hurt myself so played football when I was uh um, growing up and yeah, just, uh, wasn't very good at all until I, uh, I trained and worked hard and eventually got uh, scholarships and ended up at UCLA. Yeah, man. So you had quite the list of offers coming out of high school. You know, you had the team across town, USC, you had the organs of the world, your Michigans, you name it. What made UCLA stand out to you, um, as the school that you wanted to take your talents to the next level at? Yeah, UCLA is a really prestigious school. It has, it's known for its academics and 
also it's uh, athletics. And I feel like the biggest reason that I chose UCLA was to get my degree and also um, like refine my athletic skills. Uh, Coach Kelly helped me just become a more solidified player. And he kind of molded me into the player that I am today. Um, as long as well as the other coaches and um, the other coaches, <clears throat> the other coaches on the coaching staff. Yeah, and um, really just a credit to all the guys in the um, coaching um, facility there and the athletics and just what they helped me um, achieve in my time there. So you go to UCLA, man. Uh, do you remember the first game you got to play? Because from our notes, it looked like it was the Oklahoma game. So not only do you get in for it with this UCLA, you're playing a classic blue blood college football team in, in Oklahoma. Do you remember that environment, that first snap you took at UCLA? Yeah, it was wild. It was it was definitely wild. It was one of the wildest games that I think I've played since I was at UCLA. And I remember just being a freshman and just all the freshmen like on the field because like that year a lot of freshmen played and just I remember thinking like this is not like a high school game so I have to kind of just um, like it's time to go you know it's time to like like it's time to strap it up it's time to get active and yeah it was a, my first touchdown and I always remember it as like my first touchdown. Yeah, no, that's incredible stuff, man. You got a touchdown in your first college football game. That is something that is very, very special that not a lot of college football players can say. Uh, let's take it up to this year, man. You had one of the biggest games of your career, arguably the biggest against the Crosstown rival USC Trojans. Four catches, three touchdowns, including that beautiful 30-yarder. What was kind of your mind state going into this? Because it was your final game against USC. I know you wanted to come out big, come out swinging. And boy, did you deliver, you know, with three touchdowns on your own. Yeah, it was all just the game plan of, like, how we're going to attack the week. USC is a really good school. They uh, had, like, 11 wins this year. So we knew what we were going up against. Um, all week, coach was just preparing us and making sure that we knew the game plan and could execute it. And I didn't think I was going to score three touchdowns. <laughs> I didn't know I was going to score three touchdowns. I mean, it was, I mean, a blessing because I guess that got my, like, film more uh, notoriety, and I'm grateful for it. Um, at the end of the day, we didn't get the win, so it doesn't really mean nothing. But, I mean, just definitely um, appreciative of the chance that I got to make all those plays. Absolutely, man. And kind of the game I want to describe now is it's just a one-word uh, definition for some of your teammates, you know, some of the guys that we know from UCLA, some of the guys that you've been in the trenches with, in the battles with. I want to kind of hear what your thoughts are on some of these guys. So one word to describe your quarterback, Dorian Thompson-Robinson. DTR. Uh, <laughs> that's the guy. Um, yeah, he was uh, my roommate for, I think, like sophomore and junior year. So we have a lot of uh, – bonds and like memories and stuff but he's really just a really hard worker a lot of dudes don't give him the credit that he deserves but he really um he knows how to set his mind to something and attain it 
all all uh, freshman year, I remember he was saying, uh, "Don't be a fan later," and like this and that, and like dudes were kind of making fun of him because of it. But I mean, he stuck to it and he broke all the records at UCLA. And I mean, that's really all you can say about him is he knows how to work hard and um, attain his goals. Love it, man. What about the Terminator himself, Zach Charbonnet? What is he like uh, in one word? Um, resilient, a resilient player. Uh, definitely look up to how he plays the game. He's um, really just a humble human being. He's a funny dude, actually. When you talk to him, he tries to act like he's just like a robot all the time, but he knows like he... <laughs> Now Zach Zach is a funny dude. He's just um, very focused and um, hardworking, and you know you got to admire people like that. And I'm glad that I could have him on my team. Yeah, absolutely. What about John Gaines? We talked about his cooking prowess earlier. What does he mean to you guys and your team? John Gaines is an intelligent human being. He's um, he doesn't get enough credit either. He's he's one of those type of guys who. You know, you just look at him and uh, you look at him and you just, you know, he uh, he just has uh, that uh, demeanor that, you know, it's time to work whenever it is like time to go. He was my locker mate at UCLA. So, like, I would see him every day and we would, like, have conversations um, every day. And, yeah, he was always, like, the one to get you riled up. He would, like, be in a uh, huddle and, like, he would be the one giving motivational speeches. He would uh, just, you know, lead the team in the way that you would expect from a fifth-year uh, senior. And that was just his attitude every single day to, you know, what can he do to make the team be better and like stuff like that. Awesome. Just a few more guys. Uh, Neo Moff, he made the switch to guard. He was such an impressive player this year. What do you think about your guy Neo blocking for you guys up front? Yeah, Neo's electric. He's an electric player. He's um, his highlights uh, really tell the story. They show what he could do. He's physical. He's aggressive. Um, he's big. Like you said, he switched from defense. So it took him some time to learn the position. But you know, I used to be at the UCLA facility almost every day, and um, like after hours like working out and like just like putting in like extra work and neil would want to be one of those type of guys like just always like either on the treadmill or like just doing extra things to like help his game and um so yeah he's a very hard worker and i know he's going to do great things at the next level and then just two more guys hudson habermill and carson ryan kind of the tight ends waiting in the wings to essentially take your spot what do you think about these guys, man? They, they got their, their hands full trying to replace you on the football field, man. Um, I'm not going to say too much about Carson because he's a puppy. <laughs> um, Hudson, though, he's – yeah, he's very intelligent, intelligent person. Um, Hudson, he's uh, just working hard. He knows he's going to have to carry over and, like, kind of dominate that position. So I know his mind is in the right place, and I know he's going to get the job done. Excellent, man. Well, I know you're preparing for the draft right now. How are you preparing for it? Where are you training at? What are some of the facilities you're working at uh, to prepare for your ultimate dream of making the NFL? Yeah, like um, 
the pro day, it was a pretty good. It went pretty good. I uh, just got done with that. So right now, just trying to hone in on or def- redefine or um, kind of just refine, refine uh, my tight end uh, skills and whatever that means. Uh, even if, if it's like on the field, like getting an extra lift in or, you know, like running around on the track, just doing what I can to be a better player. And also um, just uh, making sure that I'm like conditioned and like ready to go when it's time to. And I just working on what I got to work on. Love it, man. Uh, have you been in contact with any teams as we move closer to the draft? Yeah, so I'm going to the Chargers local day tomorrow and about to work out there and, uh, like, display what I could do. And the Raiders are also talking to me. And, yeah, I'm going to go there next week. So see how that goes. Awesome, man. Uh, And then just the final thing we got for you is a quick brew and speed round brought to you by Athletic Greens. Just going to be asking you some more personal questions, some fun things that you may be interested in. So, Mike. Favorite TV show? What is your favorite TV show to watch? Man, I don't really watch TV. <laughs> I don't really watch TV. Nah, I mean, I like uh, I like cartoons. I like watching like uh, um, like any cartoons really. Like, yeah, just cartoons awesome uh do you have a favorite musical artist and if so who is it yeah i really like uh kendrick lamar his his music is pretty good i'm a fan too man uh dream vacation spot you can go anywhere in the world we give you a ticket where is michael azike going i'm going to the bahamas bahamas excellent uh, you can have dinner with any three people. Uh, who would they be and why? My mother. Um, let's see. Uh, my high school coach and uh, Barack Beckett. Awesome, man. Um, Favorite video game? Madden. Madden. That's mine as well. Good choice. And then just the last question we got for you, Mike. What is your favorite memory as a UCLA Bruin? Graduating. Um, that was, that's probably a top, top of the list right now. Yeah, graduating. I'm just getting my degree. Awesome. Well, Mike, dude, we really appreciate you coming on. This was a blast. Uh, We look forward to seeing how you progress in the NFL, man. We wish you nothing but the best of luck from the LA Football Network. Thank you. Have a good one.